0: Irish Illustrated Insider is sponsored by VisitSouthBend.com. Is it time to check a Notre Dame home game off your bucket list? Has it been too long since you've soaked in the game day atmosphere in person? Whether it's for the first time ever or in a while, start planning your trip to South Bend to watch the Fighting Irish with ideas and inspiration at VisitSouthBend.com.
1: Tim Friester with Tim O'Malley, Pete Sampson. This is Irish Illustrated Insider. It's Thursday, September 8th. We are previewing Notre Dame versus Marshall. This weekend, Notre Dame Open is an 18-point favorite. I believe that's been bumped up to 20 and a half. And, of course, it'll be Marcus Freeman's Notre Dame Stadium debut as the head coach. We spoke with Marcus Freeman for 15 minutes earlier uh, today. Guys, what came out of that? Tim, what came out of that that you want to talk about? Uh, besides the fact, excuse me, that Jarrett Patterson will be playing this weekend for Notre Dame.
0: Yeah, that's most important because you figure he's fine and ready to roll
1: for real when they
0: play North Carolina and BYU, if he's okay right now. Um, Jarrett Patterson back real quickly, Deion Colsey and Joe Wilkins, probably not. Just a little bit of clarification from coach Freeman. uh, So that wide receiver rotation will probably expand to Tobias Merriweather at number five, right? Five guys running out there. I would think so. Um, Yeah, it's, I've, I've kind of, we we talked about this offline, Tim, where we I've long thought that Ohio state and LSU and Notre Dame and Florida state are going to have a little bit of a letdown uh, after this week. I do think Marcus Freeman's approach to practice this week, it being his first game coaching Notre Dame stadium, being Owen two uh, in his coaching career. Owen one was what matters is uh, I think they're going to play very, very hard during this contest. And If there's a lull, it's that human nature lull that comes in the second quarter, and that's fine. If there's an extra lull, it's because the offense isn't good enough yet, and that's not fine.
2: Uh, Yeah, I guess I took away the offensive commentary did I think Freeman is transparent to the point they basically tell you what the game plan was or or, or is. is, Um, They're going to be aggressive offensively. Um, They're going to take shots offensively, so then you have to make that go somewhere. Um, opposed to just being hurry up and three and out. So that'll be interesting. And then, you know, like you don't just play complimentary football when you button up your offense. Um, You can play complimentary football by being more aggressive defensively. Like for all the talk about, you know, the offense didn't commit a turnover. Like the defense didn't force one either. And I'd be interested to sort of see if the defensive approach from Al Golden changes week over week. um, I'm sure that it will. And one of those changes will be like, to try to take the ball away more cuz last week they didn't even really make an attempt to do so. Yeah.
1: Tim, I realize it's it's human nature coming off of a, a you know a hard fought emotional game like Ohio State, but I mean this is Marcus Freeman's home debut. He's just getting started as a head coach. I I just I've got to believe that knowing the way the play, players feel about him that there's going to be just a greater sense of urgency. And I also thinking that you know we talked about off the air, Marcus Freeman Admitting or saying that he kind of tied Tommy Reese's hands, I would think that he, his reaction to that would be to let him go and do you know whatever you want to do, and be aggressive. And so that's kind of, it's kind of making me think uh, a little bit differently about what the final score is. I still don't think as we get into talking about Marshall, I still don't think that Marshall's going to be in a position to score a whole lot of points. Yeah, this week, but that sense of urgency in unleashing the offense, as you say, Pete being a little bit transparent about some things. I mean, I'm kind of expecting Notre Dame to, um, and, and look, we're going to talk about Marshall, and I think Marshall does some really good things defensively, and they have players. There's They have players mainly on the defensive side of the ball, but I'm kind of looking at this a little bit differently, that Northern, Notre Dame's aggression and that sense of urgency may put a little different slant on a game where you would normally expect maybe a little bit of an emotional letdown.
0: That's kind of my point. Was they're 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 going to be up for it, Marshall? <laughs> it's not going to be a ball state situation. It's going to come down to because the offense execute on third and five, right? If Marshall plays pretty good defense, Tommy Buckner, or Tommy Buckner, jeez, Tyler Buckner has to hit some has to hit some regular standard throws on third and five. He he was good on on the he'll be good on the shots. I think he'll still be good on the shots because he'll know when to take them. His his legs are the threat. You got to respect his legs. You'll get some one on ones. That was a nice ball to Styles. If he had another half second, that's probably a touchdown. On the deep ball to Styles, he had to get rid of it. He got drilled.
1: He had a guy in his face. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I just want to see him complete a couple slants and a couple, couple comebacks and timing. Like when you rewatch that throw to Michael Mayer, you realize that Michael Mayer was open on the sideline for a third down conversion, and he just threw it late and away. It's he's got to hit those throws, and I think he will start to. But that's that's the way the score stays thirty to ten. Instead of 45 to 10, right?
2: Yeah, I mean it also if if they can't get the run game going anywhere, like if the if Estime was going to have an unveiling, this week would be a little bit more unveiling to me. Yeah, I stand by I that. He scored Dame's
1: right? first and last touchdown Saturday <laughs> yes,
2: as a fullback. Um, so it this is the week that you need to see Audrey Estebay have 15 carries for a hundred yards, and Tyree has You know, 12 carries for 90 yards and at least three catches. Um, Also, Tyler Buckner has three carries. Uh, You know, this is not a week to run Tyler Buckner. So I'd like to see the offense be a little bit more traditional where it's leaning into the threat of Tyler Buckner running opposed to actual tyler buckner running
0: first quarter tyler buckner you, you start running to keep him honest a little bit sure. when there i mean you got to kind of take those got to take the point you gotta you gotta build something before you start playing ball state ball that's that's why they ended up playing ball state ball for four hours because they weren't building
1: anything the entire half yeah i do not expect that that kind of game yeah. um you know any but the other thing i think people should recognize is that this isn't new mexico or bowling green and it's not south florida this is a a, a, a marshall program that like I said on Monday is, is accustomed to winning football games. Um, and, you know, Charles Huff is in his second year and we, I don't think you can really take anything from the Norfolk state game. If you saw any of that, I mean, they pretty much plowed them and were able to do whatever they wanted to do offensively. They ran a football. I don't think that Marshall's going to run the football effectively against Notre Dame. Now I thought it was interesting. The Marcus Freeman, Still sounded, and maybe it's just being a head coach guarding against what, what could happen. But Roshin Ali, their 1400 yard rusher who scored 23 touchdowns last year, missed their opener against Norfolk State. I, I've been trying to find some information on whether he might be back. I haven't found any. Maybe Marcus Freeman knows something about that, but I don't, I you know, I, I, he I took an so,
0: indefinite leave of absence, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I, I haven't, don't think I I don't haven't think heard he's anything. coming back for that.
1: Yeah, I don't think I haven't heard anything otherwise. So you know they got a couple backs. He mentioned a kid from from Florida State. They play another kid that's that that's just a pedestrian back. I don't think Marshall's going to be able to to uh, to run the football. Henry Columbia is their quarterback. He transferred from Texas Tech. Uh, Grant Wells transferred from Marshall to Virginia Tech and threw four interceptions last week. But he was a guy that threw for thirty five hundred yards last last year. So I, I mean I don't see Columbia as a guy that. I mean, I, I think he figured he was getting beaten out at, at Texas Tech, which is why he left. Uh, it wasn't he didn't leave Texas Tech because he wasn't playing. He threw more passes and completed more plas, passes than anybody on the roster, but that's his third felt, school. It's his third school, right? So if we yeah, it was at Utah State also. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, I think Marshall has difficulty scoring. I do like what Marshall has defensively. I think uh, uh Abraham Boplan was on uh, uh, Feldman's freaks list. They've got some players, Elijah Alston. They've got two corners that are good, Stephen Gilmore and Micah Abraham. But I think Notre Dame is going to be ultra aggressive at times on Saturday and uh, take away the strength that Marshall comes into the game possessing. What do you guys think about Marshall?
0: I mean, I think it's when you kind of look back. When's the last time they played a Power 5 program was 2019, right? When you're seven and six last year was a nice recovery. Oh, I mean, they were they're about 500 to 2020. 2020 is really hard to judge most of these programs. If you didn't watch them, you have no idea what they went through during 2020 or if they lost coaches or whatever. What <laughs> so, year, what year yeah.
1: Tim? What year did you say they? I was thinking was it was
0: 2019 was the last time they had a power five program.
1: Uh, it was, it was uh, 2018. And 18. It was, okay. Well, you know what? It was, it was, they were, oh, they were supposed to play at South Carolina, it was canceled, and that was probably weather related. And they lost by 17 to nc state yeah they don't they don't venture outside a group of five a whole lot huff has brought in the you know as a
0: second year coach brought a winning with seven and six coming off when it's your first year turning around program again um they'll probably have a decent record this year because they moved to the sun belt that's a
1: little bit easier situation i don't i don't necessarily agree with that well they got appalachian state and coastal carolina in there and troy's been good and i mean i could i could I, I don't know that I necessarily agree with that, but, but I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tim.
0: Yeah. But my point was of the power five, you know, this is a more of a step up, like it teams like Mac, Mac teams are used to seeing either Notre Dame or Ohio state or Michigan or Penn state or Wisconsin. You know, they run into that once in a while. It's, I just feel like it can be a bit of a step up for Marshall in this situation. I think that's why you, you take note of, Hey, they have a running back from Florida state or quarterback from Texas tech. That helps a little bit, yeah. but it's just a different, it's, I think it's a full step up on the lines. The defensive line at times looks pretty good. We, Our insider talked about the defensive line, you know, could be one of the strengths, but it's like, it's hard to step up in this situation. I would be really concerned about Notre Dame if the offensive line doesn't look very strong yeah. against Marshall. Yeah, and I don't I mean dominant 400 yards rushing. And I don't think they're that type of offensive line yet, but just a, a quality effort where you can see the difference.
1: For the record, yeah, Louisiana cool. is also excuse me, Pete. Louisiana is also in that conference yeah. there. 13 1, Billy Napier, who's now at at Florida. I'm sorry, Pete. I was just gonna say, like, I think you mentioned earlier about like this isn't New Mexico or bowling
2: green, like but it's not much more than that. Like I don't I don't look at Marshall as having it's the a winning to, it's, like, a win- it's a win, it's a
1: program there. that's been to five straight bowls.
2: It's not awful, awful. Um, but it's it is very group of 5 group of 5 only um I, you know they they just don't have the brushes with the power 5 programs on their resume like these guys you know unless they've transferred in from one don't have a lot of experience with it so
1: yeah i'm surprised they I don't play pretty, more power 5 schools. i when I, like I was you surprised I was searching pretty for quickly it too. yeah well yeah but you throw in one at least throw in one a year and they haven't had one since 2018. And actually they were scheduled to play two, And that, that South Carolina game was canceled. I mean, that, that, that's what helps raise your, your confidence level, your competability, those kind of things. I'm a little bit surprised that they don't do that. Although they did, they opened that, not, not that they're power five, but they opened at Navy last year and beat them 49 to seven. So oh, I don't remember you, that, do which, remember tells that. Where, yeah. which tells you where, which uh, tells you where, you know, the Navy, well, yeah, Navy just lost to Delaware. The I mean, they're, they're That's not a good that's not a good football team good fo- football program anymore. I will point out just
0: to get back to the lines thing. Well, I, we've been told the defensive line can be a strength. and They brought in a couple of Power 5 transfers. The offensive line kind of got gutted. The offensive yes. line getting gutted going against Notre Dame. That should That's, where, that's That should t- tell you everything you exactly. need to hear right They there.
1: lost three starters. Two of the starters they lost were in NFL camps um this summer. So, I mean, they lost there's a significant loss of talent. Beyond yeah. Caden Madden from two years ago, they, actually, the, I, I mean, I have forgotten Caden that madden twice
0: never, in the last two days. I have forgotten Caden, twice in the last two days that Caden Madden came from Marshall. Caden madden, madden did
1: not make it into an NFL camp, so the loss of those those two players is is really significant for them on the offensive line.
0: Pete, what was Caden Madden uh, before last year officially from uh, pro, pro Football, football Focus?
2: focus he had the number two overall returning player on offense in, in all college, of college football. I
1: think it was pretty accurate. Ooh. And PFF takes a credibility hit. Yeah. I don't know if they uh, can stand another one. I, I'm not sure that they can. All right. Uh, anything else guys, uh, segment one, we'll, we'll pop into segment two. This segment of Ivor's Illustrated was brought to you by Circa resort and casino in Las Vegas located on Fremont street in historic downtown Las Vegas. Circa is the home of the world's largest sports book where you can watch up to 19 games at once. Want to be outside? No problem. There's no better place to take in all the college football and NFL action, then stadium swim, six pools on three levels and a 40-foot tall high-def screen to watch all the action. Irish fans, when you come to town for the Notre Dame-BYU game, Circa is the place for you. For reservations and more information, go to CircaLasVegas.com. We'll be back, segment two, burning up the boards. This is Mike Brown, former Notre Dame Leprechaun, here to share the Leprechaun's game day at Notre Dame an officially licensed children's book that celebrates the magic of a football Saturday at Notre Dame. Follow me on an adventure from step off under the Golden Dome to Indy Stadium
2: with this perfect gift for fighting Irish fans. Visit www.lepgameday.com and enter Irish to get your author signed copy
0: today. Go Irish! Here's another Irish tale from Do Dublin at DoDublin.ie.
2: In 1916, Irish rebel forces have taken up position on the north side of Dublin's St. Stephen's Green Park. They exchange fire with the British to the south. Suddenly, a man enters the park with a brown bag above his head. Both sides cease fire. The park's groundskeeper has come to feed the ducks. For the next six days, there is a daily ceasefire so the ducks can be fed. Learn more when you do Dublin with Do Dublin Tours.
0: Burning up the boards is brought to you by Game Day Your Way. Notre Dame football fans, make your trip to South Bend easy this fall with the help of Game Day Your Way. Services include tailgates, transportation, tickets, and more, making game day your one-stop shop for Notre Dame football weekend. Learn more at GameDayYourWay.com and use promo code IrishPod22 to save 10% on your tailgate package. First question in segment two of Burning Up the Boards from Play Like a Champ Seven. What do you anticipate the energy level inside Notre Dame Stadium to be this weekend?
1: I, I'm not sure what to anticipate, but it should be, uh, you know, certainly if Notre Dame defeated Ohio State, it'd be off the charts. And have they sold out yes, yet? It it that, would be they would the Have charts, sold out? They have oh, have they sold, sold out? yet? they haven't sold out.
2: No, no, out. Um, they won't
1: sell out either. That's ridiculous. That's just that's absurd. Uh, what are what are local Notre Dame fans doing if not going to Marcus Freeman's? Home opener. I, I I don't understand that at all. I um I will we talk say, about <laughs> we talked about this. I was a little bit more passionate in expressing my opinion, yeah. I was gonna
2: say you're you're kind of under delivering. I, I just I, here. I, I
1: I mean I just think shame on Notre Dame football fans in and around the area if you don't take advantage of the opportunity to go see Marcus Freeman's first game in Notre Dame Stadium as a head coach. I just don't I don't get it. it saying that it's Marshall is not a legitimate excuse. Marshall's a good football program, and it's the home opener. Go to the game. I did. Tickets are like 60 bucks.
0: Before the whole way they lost to Ohio State thing, like all, all summer, I have thought, I am taking these points because everyone that's coming to Marcus Freeman's first game all summer long thinks it's the California game where they're wearing green. They don't even remember. They even know Marshall's <laughs> playing. <laughs> so, like, I really feel like it's the most. it was about to be the most overlooked game you can find. Um, but I do think Marcus Freeman's team won't be overlooking it. They they kind of matter a little bit more, but I don't think it'll sell out. And I think a lot of people are coming to Cal for the Irish Wear Green game. That and one is sold out. Game, yeah, and the next game then is Stanford Night game. So I, I feel like those Notre Dame home games are the focal point of the uh, early season until Clemson.
2: I I'm surprised that it's not sold out. Um, I think the cheapest ticket is 75. When I was no, looking I thought at the seating map, 60. which like, but I think you can get in like if you bought like four for 200 or something. Oh, um, yeah, well, that's good. See, that's
0: uh, pretty good family.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I think the energy will be pretty good. Like, I think even you go back to last year with, I mean, Toledo was not even close to sold out, but it was very loud at the end. Um, Hopefully this one is not loud at the end, but I think it could be loud in the beginning. So I think the atmosphere will be fine. Um, I don't think that's something we're going to spend a whole lot of time thinking about once the game starts.
1: I, you know, I game. just... hey did they um i mean did they choose green jerseys for cal instead of marshall because marshall's green
2: that wouldn't make a lot of sense to do marshall would it
1: no i just thought i mean when you said that i just thought of it because they're that's the predominant color so maybe that was uh the, the reason behind it but i i think the energy level would be good i i i think it's very disappointing if if the local community does not make this a, a, a sellout. It's a great opportunity. It's a great, you know, especially if you have young kids. I mean, it's a it's a great yep. opportunity to get them out there where it's not jam packed per se. I don't know how close they are to selling it out, but uh, it's I, not that
2: close based on the seating. That's
1: that's a shame. That that that's a shame. That's disappointing to me. Not Jay fell one. What is more likely versus Marshall, Notre Dame scoring thirty plus points or the defense pitching a shutout?
0: Well, shoutouts are an easy expensive.
1: one, right? Well, shoutouts like, are tough though. Thirty points, yeah. We'll, yeah. Thirty we'll points play. is easy. Yeah. Shoutouts, you tough. know, I that's tough. yeah. I mean, I can see a, a a a Butner throwing a pick to one of their quality cornerbacks, and you know, having a short field or something. I shoutouts because he he's
0: inaccurate, are, right, right,
1: Tim? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say that. <laughs> Although I did complete fifty-five percent of his passes last week, uh, which should go up this week again. I mean, well, I presumably yeah, I so, it too. should go up. Um, I'm not sure that Marshall Marshall had 40 sacks last year, but they're not they shouldn't be able to do that against Nordame's offensive line this time through. But 30 plus points. Um yeah, I think Nordheim's gonna go for it. I think they're gonna they're going to be in the 30s. I'm not sure it's going to go beyond the 30s.
0: I don't think it's going to be on the 30s. I yeah. think there's offensive inefficiencies that it, linger from
1: it reality. Could,
0: to, yeah. But I don't mean I don't mean like a lingering effect. I mean, if Notre Dame had a more efficient passing attack and offensive line, they'd have scored more than 10 against Ohio State and Marcus Freeman wouldn't have tried to shorten the game that much.
2: Probably. I, I mean, if this question was what's more likely versus Marshall Notre Dame scoring 50 points or pitching a shutout, then I think you could be like, well, oh, I, could, I could see either way. Yeah. Neither yeah. neither being that likely, but both being possible. 30, like... They're, I think they're going to roll to 30. Um, I think so, too. And whether they... Pitch a shutout or not? I don't think it's, it's yeah super important.
1: I mean, as as it's gotten closer to the game, and then again, just a, you don't you don't generally put a ton of stock in words by a coach on a Thursday before the game. But I just think under the circumstances, he's really going to to want Tommy Reese to 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 cut it loose and get rolling a little bit. I mean, they got to get rolling. Um, the The more difficult part of the I guess they face the most difficult team they're going to face, but the more difficult portion of their their schedule's coming up and they got to get things rolling. And so I'd say it's more likely to be 30 plus.
0: Next question from 13ND. What benchmarks benchmarks of success, statistically or otherwise, versus Marshall will be important to indicate the direction of the team moving forward? I like this as long as we don't have to do specific stats. I have a couple benchmarks. I was yeah.
2: I had a specific stat. Like I uh, if you could if you job. could give me CJ Stroud's stat line from last week, but apply it to Tyler Buckner this week, which was 24 of 34 for 223, two touchdowns. I think that would be excellent.
1: I agree. I that'd, be that'd be something
2: good. you would feel good about if you're Notre Dame.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's a good call. I, you know, you'd certainly like to see them. You got to be able to run between the tackles against Marshall. I know they have a couple transfers. got like one kid from Kentucky, Isaiah Gibson in the middle of that defensive line. But, uh, you know, for me, I, the ability to run the football between the tackles, uh, would, would be success and, and, or not success necessarily, but progress, especially with the way that interior line played last week. And you, you, you insert Jared Patterson into the, the equation as well.
0: Mine is you went back to the 40 sacks. I don't want to see Tyler Buckner pressured in obvious passing situations. Then I think there's a problem if, yeah, if you're no, not great. Marshall's pass rush. If you're if you're the interior, now they should just by Jarrett Patterson being there. It should be better. Um, yeah, another benchmark benchmark for success would be Jarrett Patterson's absolutely fine after the game. I think that's pretty important too because yeah,
1: they you know they their best pass rusher uh, on the defensive line is Kobe Cumberlander Cumberlander. And he's two twenty seven. I mean, he is a he's a small uh, defensive end. Not surprisingly, at a group of five schools. So, I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't think either one of Notre Dame's offensive tackles is going to have a whole lot of a problem with. I don't think they will. Outside, their outside pass rush. Yeah. And listening to Marcus Freeman, it sounds like well, they're very aggressive in, in punt block and those kind of things. I don't know. It, it's it's imp- I watched the Norfolk State game. I mean that that was a that was a scrimmage. That was barely a scrimmage. Yeah, so. that was very difficult to clean anything from.
0: But I don't think it was going to
2: be a lot of punt block opportunities.
0: Probably. So let's not. Th- think of it this way: that line, it's it's already a better line. But Patterson played last year at a different position, so the line without Blake Fisher is the best way to say it. Last year in Game Two against Toledo, allowed twelve quarterback pressures. That's that not, would be a problem for me. Yeah, that's
1: not – that's very unlikely to happen this weekend. I don't think they'll get eight quarterback, six okay, quarterback pressures.
0: Good. And then I need – the statistically, the benchmarks of success would be, as Tyler Buckner, whatever is – if it's not over 60%, if it's we see some third and sixes and he is completing passes on third and six and not just being a great athlete and converting because he can outrun guys from this
1: Right, team. and, it, and it, assuming Rasheen Ali doesn't play – uh, and maybe even if he did, this is not an offense that should run the football against Dame defense, period.
0: And you should point out, Tim, when we keep saying that he had 23 touchdowns last year. So he is a, a he's a very oh, he's, good football yeah, he's, he's a he's very good football home. player. Yeah.
1: And you know, and the losses that we that we talked about right. on the offensive line. Question from JP Wirts 70. Zeke Corral played well against Alabama at center. Obviously, we were hoping for the same against Ohio State. Do you think his increased size has slowed him down so much? that he's not as effective. I know that's counterintuitive, but maybe he is better as a quicker player. I just want to watch him play a couple
0: more games before we get into this. You know, and Marshall's not a great barometer either because Zeke Carell's barometer is not Marshall. It should be Ohio State, right? Not that he had yeah. to have his best career game, but his. Right. I want to see him play against these next three games. I assume he'll look a lot better. Um, and then BYU is where we'll see Zeke Carell, Josh Lugg, um, it looks like Kristoffic will not start. I thought Kristoffic was better than both Carell and Lug in that game.
2: I think the problems for Zeke Carell were problems with vision and recognition, not yeah. problems with yeah. mass or movement. So that's a, this is a, working with your guards, uh, recognizing stunts, twists, blitzes, all that stuff. That's, that's where Corral, I think, can improve the most. I and mean, that doesn't have anything
1: to do with his size. I, I totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, you, I, you can't evaluate his mobility if he doesn't try to move his feet. And, right. he, and he wasn't moving his feet. He was the greatest offender of all up front in not moving his feet. And, and so why does that happen? it's a big moment playing in Ohio state. I mean, more than anything to me, that's a, you know, that's a, that's a approach to how you play, as opposed to your physical abilities, he's better. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll say this forever. He's way, way better than the way he played against Ohio state. Was he good? Was he good enough to move, you know, their interior defensive line off the football? I don't know about that, but he's way better. And so that tells me that the moment was, a little big for him, and he didn't react real well by by effectively moving his feet. Martin Evenflow,
0: Marshall is a fairly talented team. If this game looks like Toledo or Ball State, does your level of concern increase a little bit regarding this team and staff for this season? Um, Toledo or Ball State almost beat Notre Dame, so yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, well, Toledo, yeah. <laughs> Toledo had Notre Dame beaten. Ball State did not almost beat Notre Dame. They couldn't have gotten an onside kick to try to tie Notre Dame, which was just embarrassing is a 34 point favorite but yeah, you know we don't
1: had had notre dame beat they did they yes. did you know how many times i've said that the toledo defensive line was good and it and it was <laughs> it, it was um i would say i would put it this way i would say marshall's overall 11 man defense is better than toledo's but toledo's defensive line was better than what marshall's is now does that make sense yeah
2: uh, I mean, it's worth noting the Ball State year they went twelve and zero, and the Toledo year they went eleven and two or eleven and one in the regular season. So, um,
1: therefore, it shouldn't be that much of a barometer per se,
2: right? It, but do you have some. What are we yeah. even doing here? Vibes? If it's close,
1: right? No, I agree with that. Um, I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> question from question from Pin and Paul. Project the order of the following players scoring their first touchdowns this season among pin and pole is five players. Kevin Bauman, Deion Colsey, Tobias Merriweather, Matt Salerno, and Jaden Thomas. Last is Colsey. Agreed. Second to last is Salerno.
0: Don't think he'd be quite, I think he'd be out more in like the 10-yard line zone too, so penalizing him for his package play. I'm agreeing Um, with that. I'll go Merriweather right there in the middle. Then it's a toss-up. Kevin Bauman gets a lot more snaps. So I think it goes Bauman, yes. Then Thomas, Merriweather, Salerno, Colsey.
1: That's my order.
2: I think it's fine. I kind of want to move Merriweather up, up just for the sake of so people. The- oh. enjoy, so people will enjoy listening to this segment.
0: That's true. That's That's a good point. Well, they didn't say who's the first to 10. They said who's the first to one, Pete. So the first oh, to right. one touchdown yeah. is bombing. Right, right, right. First to
1: 10 this year is Meriwether. Question from Elm City Domer Do you expect a ground game clock controlling game plan out of the gate, or will we see some confidence building passing to spread out Marshall and open up the run and clock control for the second half? Do they mix in a package for Drew Pine to have him ready? I think the package for Drew Pine is with five minutes
0: left in the fourth quarter. And um, I expect a. <laughs> Much much more balance varied. Wow, look at them opening up this offense approach to this game. And I hope they don't have to pull back from that as their halftime adjustment that everybody wants so badly.
2: Yeah, it's no to both questions. It won't be ground game clock controlling, nor will there be a package for Drew Pine. There's going to be, they're going to play at the game at the end. Yeah, they're, they're going to the play tempo
1: at, at times, right? Great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do it. Uh, as far as mixing pine in, um, look, you've got, you've got an inexperienced starter, man. You got to get him as many snaps as possible. If you're up by, you know, four touchdowns, five touchdowns in the, in the fourth quarter. Well, yeah, then go for it. And I, and I do think that. Pine's ready for
0: every team except for Clemson to go help Notre Dame win.
1: Yeah. I think you can, I mean, I think you can put in pine at any time at any place other than maybe what you're saying. And, He will be mentally and emotionally prepared to play the game. Now he needs the reps. Uh, And, and I, you know, I think it would be smart if Marcus Freeman let him just run the offense. You can't worry about, you know, how people feel about you throwing the football with five minutes to go in a game, Um, I guess, but we'll find out in time just exactly how Marcus Freeman handles that because we know that Brian Kelly did not like to, to pile the points on. So.
0: Next from Denver Maximus. The return game was abysmal last week. Do you see Notre Dame making any changes? Will there be more fair
1: catches, for instance? He means kickoff return there, obviously, not punt. pun.
0: There's enough and, fair catches and punts
1: already. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, and that was one of the – I mean, I asked this question because yeah. the the kick return was really pretty pathetic last week, both in terms of decision-making with returning kicks and the blocking up front was was really poor. Uh, and, I, you know – I was surprised that Brandon Joseph wasn't more aggressive because I just, I, you know, I figured that he was chomping at the bit to get an opportunity to return a punt. And he had, he had won at least two opportunities yeah, to re- he had the return to. punts and wasn't aggressive. And Marcus Freeman said today that, you know, we encourage them to be smart, but be aggressive too. When you have an opportunity.
2: I wanted to ask Freeman about this, but you pretty sure you got in there before I did like about, But I was going to ask more like, do you change your personnel up front on it? Like the blocking, not like Tyree is fine, obviously. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you he's not changing the the, the guys that got allowed Ohio State players to just have a free run at him. Um,
1: well, Tui Alamaca was one of those, and I don't think they're going to really
2: bad. Yeah, Um, but they're not, they don't want to one of them. That was a guy that was really bad. Yeah, Styles was one of them. Yeah, Styles just like was. That yeah, I don't know bad. what was happening on the. Yeah, second I, one I
0: don't, return. I don't like the idea of a guy. I like the second kick returner to be someone that will block. Just if a Tyree doesn't get it, then it's a fair catch.
2: I like it when the guys on the front I, line will be blocking. Yeah,
0: that's true too. But I'm saying like Lorenzo Styles doesn't want any piece of the hardest coming down player on Ohio State to block standing still. No, I agree.
1: And and it's, I mean, it might be a little bit of an unfair ask. He's not out there to do that,
0: right? He's no, out there right. returning. No, exactly. I'm not. That's not yeah. a cut down. I'm, that's, yeah. That it's just sense. like
2: that. That part I'm really interested in because when I was asking around this week and talking to people around the program, apparently, like Marcus was very, very confident that kickoff return was going to be a huge weapon last week, and it obviously blew up.
0: That's uh, nuts because Ohio State is. I shouldn't. Yeah, say they're that. really, they're all, but really, they usually get down there, man. <laughs> that was I would not think that. that.
1: And they, you know, and again, they got, and and that was, we said this, I think Monday, that was a trademarker last week, the trademark of, Urban Meyer teams, and I don't think that that's changed a whole lot, at Ohio State. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like, the tight end tradition in Notre Dame, and yeah. those kind of things carry on, regardless of the head coach. So no, it was bad. Uh, they need to block better on kick return, and and Joseph just needs to go ahead and go for it. I, I was, weren't you really surprised that he was.
0: Yeah, he had the one on the sideline he... on the left side on, a, on Notre Dame sideline when it was around the 15 yard line. He had plenty of room to catch that and make a move because there's it's also like you don't need to be conservative when you have room to make the catch. Make one guy miss and you have 12 more yards. Kickoff returns where you got to look up and think, oh, I'll just take it to 25, right? Right,
1: yeah. And you know, you like the opening kickoff was a line drive to Tyree. You've got the return, you try that. Has <laughs> to, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's I get excited. that, but he also, you know, yeah, but. I'm just, I, and I agree with that. I understood why he returned it, but I also, I mean, it it should also be in his head that you can call a fair catch on a line drive too. Yes. Yeah. But it was set
2: up to return. Like, I, no, I agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, I I just like Tyree bears zero responsibility for me. And like what happened with kickoff. I hear
1: you. I hear you. GR Irish fan 22. Should we expect a more active role for Tobias Merriweather this weekend, more specifically in the first half? God, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure I understand the first half part because of it. Because the but.
0: second half, they'll rotate. If they're up by 30 points, oh. Mary Weather's coming right in. Um, so he is the fifth receiver, and six and seven aren't ready. I think there is a. I think he has to. You got to start rotating him in. Yes. Yeah, I think so too. The and, yes.
2: and they won't. I don't think they're going to lean into 12 personnel nearly as much this week as they did last Great. week. So that, yeah. that creates another. Spot yeah. receiver need uh for somebody to play. So I mean, you, all,
1: you almost want to avoid twelve personnel just so you can work on the other aspects of your offense that are a weakness right now. Yeah. I in agree. in a game in a game in a game like this. And maybe, you know, next week we'll talk about Cal. Cal's got a good defense. They got a defense. Yeah, coach. they do.
0: They do. Right. Um their defense has been solid for a few years. Yeah, it's just yeah. the, and you you look at the numbers once in a while, like they'll be second in the pack second in the pack twelve, and then third and second, sometimes fifth. But the point about Cal is not that we need to talk about Cal that much ahead of time. Their <laughs> offense is so bad that their defense is out there. Like you're not gonna watch Cal play. So when I was trying to like study in the offseason, I didn't I didn't watch a Cal game last year because they're on at night and I always bet against them and I'm always wrong. They always cover because they're stupid defense. <laughs> so I think the key is their offense is out there too much. And that whenever their defense gives up a lot of points, yeah, it's either a really good team or they're just out there for the whole game. So I do think they have a pretty good D. That's enough. That's your Cal preview. By the way, one more Cal point ahead of time here. I believe they have covered more than every team in college football in the last five years. I will verify. It's not just power five.
1: Seriously. Wow.
0: Yeah. There you go. That's the information is power unless Chris Tyree doesn't catch passes.
1: I'm going, I'm going to need that information before we, uh, we make our picks next week as far as where they rank in that uh, question from honk for Hagen Darian Hagen, uh, right? Hopefully you think I, this is Darian Hagen. I kind of doubt it. Okay. <laughs> why, why would you think it is? He's really good. He was really good. He was really
0: good. I know. It'd be more I exciting think, if Darian Hagan was a listener.
1: I don't think that he submitted a question to Irish Illustrated uh, Insider. But, hey, Hawk for H- for Hagan asks, how important do you think it is to blow out inferior opponents? Brian Kelly I seem content to win 35-17 as opposed to 50-7. to How do you think Marcus Freeman will view this?
0: I never knew how much well 3517 is not enough. Like if you're up 35 to nothing, I understand not trying to make sure you get to 42. But I feel like it's almost more important to blow out Cal and North Carolina and Stanford when you can do it. In other words, you've got you've got North Carolina beaten in Chapel Hill twenty-four to ten. I think it's important to put one on them because that actually resonates. I think people see a Marshall and UNLV score and they have no idea what's going on. That doesn't matter at all to them.
2: Yeah, I'm what, interested. Yeah. yeah, I'm interested to sort of see what his perspective on this. I don't think it's all that important. Like you know, 35-17 would that's too close. But like that would have to be like it's 35 nothing at halftime and then Marshall scores two touchdowns in the last 5 minutes of the fourth quarter. Um that would be a semi-acceptable 35-17, but I I don't think it's that important. But my hunch is that Marcus Freeman is going to want to whoop Marshall on Saturday because I think that like his competitive nature is not going to allow for like, Oh, let's call off the dogs. We've done enough to win this game. Like, no, it's like, I want to destroy you.
1: I kind of sense it I mean, not necessarily with attitude. I I want to destroy, I know what you're saying, but not necessarily. I want to destroy you, but I want my team to play well for 60 minutes and keep pushing, keep pushing the football. Um, But I think it, I think just playing well in the fundamental areas of the game is way more important than ultimately what the score is. Yeah. Now, if it's, if it's close, then, you know, that's not good, but it, the difference between, you know, 40 to 40 to 17 or, you know, 48 to six, I, I'm not sure. I don't, I, I agree with your point, Tim, that, you know, it's more important that you do that against a power five team. Nobody, think- no, nobody's going to notice one Way or another, good or bad, uh, unless it's really bad and close, but
2: so it's Toledo or Ball State,
1: yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's really bad, yeah. The, so then, we the, don't, then the uh, score matters,
0: and so we're not so we're pretty clear about this. Like, if Ohio, if let's say Notre Dame went for it down 11 at their own on fourth and 18 or whatever they had at the end of that game, and they don't get it, and Ohio State scores, and the final score is 28 to 10, that mattered, that would have mattered a lot. I know you don't punt. I'm sure somebody at home was like, why are they punting with four minutes left? Is ga- it a gambling point you're making? No, no, I mean, I'm not. I'm making the point like if, if voters just see 28-10 in seven weeks, they don't think yeah. Notre Dame played Ohio State to the bitter end.
1: Would have nothing no, to do with it. No, but I mean, you, you have a committee that votes now. I I, I, uh, I, I think the committee's
0: fooled by, tw- by 21-10 rather than 14-10. Well,
1: that could be. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they're not. You know if nordaims 11 and one, they're not going to be looking at how nor how Notre Dame, you know beat Marshall yeah. exactly. yeah, no I get it. they're going to look at the score. I get that. Just play well I mean run right, you know, first and foremost, run the football, do not be bogged down, convert on third down, don't allow big plays, protect the football do the all the fundamental things uh, yeah. that are important and you're going to come out of this game feeling a whole hell of a lot better than you did coming out of Ohio State.
0: PA Irish 5, acknowledging that the competition is much different, which position group makes the biggest jump from week one to week two? There's three options, offensive line, defensive line,
1: or wide receivers. I I mean, I think it'll be offensive line uh, specifically because that will be because Harry, he stands probably beat the hell out of those guys this week, and they're they're going to be primed to play well. And then I would say, You know, I guess I could say defensive line, too, because I said I don't think the Marshall's going to run the football. I don't know. You guys tell me.
2: I think offensive line because they were the worst of those three groups last week. Um, They have the most room for improvement. I don't know if you guys heard what. uh, So we haven't talked to an offensive lineman in like a month, but um, Riley Mills came in on Tuesday and some and some I think it was Eric Hanson was asking about, like, how's the offensive line this weak look and he's like yeah pretty you know aggressive yada yada and he's like how's harry he stand this week and he's like <laughs> uh he's, the quote was i know you'd <laughs> assume he'd probably be going insane or bur- burst into flames he's been good as a coach you can't lose your mind every on every up and down he's still him
1: i'm not sure burst into flames is a great line i'm not sure who would burst into flames first him or the guy that he's torching
0: yeah Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, My answer to that is the defensive line because they'll totally dominate the game. So that helps. I think they're going to destroy Marshall's inexperienced offensive line. I, uh, I hope the offensive line makes a giant jump forward and I hope the wide receivers do too.
1: You know that Marshall was rotating offensive linemen last week. Yeah. They're going to, they're in trouble. I mean, that, that, I mean, I think that tells you where they are. They just, they don't know who the, starters should be now again you're playing Norfolk State so you can you can probably afford to do something like that. But I don't I don't think they have I don't think they have all the answers up front. And this isn't a good matchup for them against North Do you
0: come away thinking Notre Dame, do you think you'll come away saying Notre Dame's offensive line just did a almost a one eighty from last week, considering the opponent. Or that you'll come from the wide come away from the wide receivers and think to yourselves, yep, that's what it's supposed to look like. Styles and Lindsey running free the whole time, scoring touchdowns left and right.
1: Merriweather's in the mix. I'm more inclined to say offensive line because too. they're way, they're way better than they were. They they yeah. are way better as a unit than they showed last week. Whereas the receiving core, can we really say that? We don't have any real oh, yeah. basis for saying that. Uh although I would imagine with the receivers, the wideouts had I believe eight targets on 18 passes and had a collective three receptions. I'm sure, I'm sure they're going to try to remedy that or to, you know, really force feed the whiteouts of football right. as much right. as possible. Club Fred 90 asked, does the announcement of an expanded playoff put an end to the Nord to the notion that Notre Dame will join a conference? Pete, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean,
2: and I I think it just, it tables it for a while. Um, I think, you know, Notre Dame will sign another extension with NBC here. That would take you to the end of this decade. I think it just sort of, you're you're just going like contract by contract. Um, You know, if things change in the big 10, the SEC and their revenues are skyrocketing even more than they already seem to be, then maybe you'd have to think about that a little bit. But um, I think for now it, it feels to me like it's secured through into whoever the next ad is like jack swarbrick has kept notre dame independent yeah and will, they will not join a conference while he is the athletic director which i think is important but uh, what
1: i mean what about the money from the you know the fox cbs nbc group the money that can be that can be obtained through them
2: yeah i think that's just where like if notre dame signs an nbc deal that's like 65 or 60, then I think that maybe they'll feel like they're close enough for the next contract. But I I think everything is up for review at all times in college athletics.
1: Yeah. I would imagine, you know, at least doubling their TV revenue would be a a focus, a goal. And there's more than that. There's an opportunity to make more than that. uh, If you were to, if you were to join a conference, all right, guys, we are going to uh wrap up burning up the boards this segment with our predictions, Nordane versus Marshall. T.O., what do you got?
0: Yeah, I am uh I'm, I'm gonna have them cover. Uh I do think there'll be offensive inefficiencies and you, were no Tim, so, you
1: were adamant, Tim. I'm you were adamant about I'm them gonna go with the next
0: one. I'm gonna go with the next one, the Cal game. That's okay. gonna be the that's gonna be the the lull. Cal and Syracuse are my lulls for now. I haven't seen I'm going way ahead on the second one. Uh I'm in the 34-10 range. I think Notre Dame's defense will handle the day. Shutouts are really hard because even when you rotate, maybe they should rotate more. You should get everybody in there. So I'm in the 34-10 range, and um, I will be more surprised if Marshall scores 17 than I would be Notre Dame scoring 41 because you know things can get loose. But I, I still feel like it's it's not going to be like a a pretty offense yet. If that, uh, there's just too many things that have to be, that have to improve from the last time.
1: Did the line going from 18 to 20 and a half? It did uh, really, really
0: talking to you guys and Marcus Freeman and like the focal point of this is, I mean, the, we know that this we're making a physical practice week. We're not taking Tuesday off because we got home late from our flight Sunday morning and all that. I, I feel like they approached everything correctly. And I know Brian Kelly, always would say it's a great week of practice after going into all those games, but this seemed like he really had a point was like, no, we're not we're, we're not taking the foot off the gas. We have to practice physical. It's early in the season. So I, th- I think that helps. And I feel like the offensive line had a really rough week in the film room. Yeah,
2: I I think the offense will be better than what O'Malley is saying, but like not way, way better. So I'll, I'll go 42-13. I think that Notre Dame rotating more on defense will lead to at least one field goal drive. Um, but I think the offense will play better, but not like at blow the doors off you because I mean they don't have blow the doors off you material um but I think they definitely have 42 13 material so that's that's my pick for the weekend
1: I think I'm going to pick I think I uh said this earlier I'm going to pick one touchdown for Marshall and it's going to be a result of of a defensive play by one of their corners either setting up a, a, a touchdown or or uh, something more than that, but uh, I will have my prediction on Friday and O'Malley and I will be back to speak with our Notre Dame Irish Illustrated followers on Saturday, a couple hours before the game when number eight Notre Dame hosts Marshall. Thanks for joining us.